Sing. Keep going. Uh, that's my falsetto. I like it. Night trees walking. You still have a falsetto. Night trees are walking. Okay. Yes, this is like trees walking. I'm Mike Nelson. That is the Reverend David Berge. I have a funny story about falsetto. My father, my late father, <laughs> uh, lovely man that he was. He was a uh, uh, he was a blue collar guy, an ex marine, and uh, just a, a man's man. And he, we, uh, he used to amuse the heck out of us, but we would sing in falsetto and go, Dad, join us. And he had no falsetto, and so he would, you know, we'd be singing like Frankie Valley or something, and he'd be going, oh, it just, and he thought that he was he singing he was in doing falsetto. He was like, that's pretty good, right? And it was absolutely, <laughs> in no way was it even close to a falsetto. But... What is this podcast, and what are we here to talk about? Because it's not exclusively falsetto, although that can be a part of it. Well, uh, did I already mention that we are like trees walking? Yeah, we mentioned that. Okay, and we're the podcast. You sang it in a falsetto. I did. So that was a clue, a, a context clue. So we are the podcast where we talk about the big questions, ideas of theology, philosophy, and culture, we do so from a Christian perspective, um, hoping that all sorts of folks will be listening, eavesdropping in on this conversation and thinking along with us. And so, um, you know, while we are unashamed, unabashedly Christian, um, we also enjoy, um, we enjoy just seriously and charitably engaging with all sorts of uh, perspectives. Even if, and I suspect a, maybe a small portion of people, if they just hate listen, that, that's fine. <laughs> I, I would mean, be shocked if we, have a, if we have hate listeners. I wouldn't be shocked because I've I've uh, I've I've been down this road before. I've 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 peeked behind the curtain, and if and there are people there. It's like you know how every bar has a regular. Yeah, every person who do you, puts do you anything know out. that we have hate listeners? No, I don't know that we do. I know that things you have done, things that I have done in the past, I have, uh, and and then. Um, you run into them in life, like they still want to be around you, and but they loathe you. Is it's it, very strange. So you've met people who I have, just loathe you. I have met people who I've confirmed are. Did they share that? Like, hey, man. No, 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 no. It's like um, if you've ever have you ever been in an altercation in traffic with someone, and they're honking, and you see them in their car, and they're like, you, and they're all yeah. manner of fingers yeah. are flying, and all that. But if you actually roll down the window and then you have to get out and talk to them like, hey, what's going on, man? Uh, that's what hate listeners are like. When they meet you in person, they do not display the same characteristics they do online and, and all of that. So, But anyway, that's not our big topic for today. I don't that's think just, there's a subreddit like Trees Walking with a bunch of people just absolutely <laughs> No, I don't think. I'm just saying that even the, the smallest bar in the world has a regular, the, the smallest podcast in the world has a hater out there. And so I'm just extending it's good. Yeah. a warm welcome yes. to that person who I'm fairly sure must exist, just given my, my past experience. Thank you, for, thank you for listening. Please don't rate or review. Yes. Uh, all right. So today we have a couple of topics. We're going to call this our Potpourri Show because there's a couple of a sweep up items that as we looked through the things that we need to talk about, that we needed to check those boxes and say, hey, we didn't talk about this thing that we once thought was important, and we just then it, it just got lost in the shuffle. Did your mother have potpourri in the home? She did not. She did not. She liked um, she liked lit candles on things, mm. 
which is always baffling to me. Why is there a candle? It's not, I don't understand. You know, like a scented candle that makes no sense to me. Really? No. They smell good. Like that's. Yeah, well, no. It makes your house smell good. No, no. <laughs> it's it's like perfume on an airplane. I just like, what are you putting that on for? You you think it smells good, but what, I, what about the I rest? strongly disagree. Wow. You like perfume well, the, on an airplane? No, but I like scented candles in my house, like a like a cinnamony candle. Mm. To me, it's like Christmas. going to a. Uh, have you ever gone to a a matinee of a, a popular theater show? It's usually old women with lots of perfume <laughs> on. That is not an enjoyable place to be. No, but uh, I know I like scent. Like we had a cin- They have cin- I'd never heard of a cinnamon broom. Have you ever heard of a cinnamon broom? I have not. They sell. They sold them at Trader Joe's, and it was just like a a a, a like wicker broom just dusted in cinnamon delightful what, what was this a functional broom oh uh no i wouldn't sweep anything it was it was decorative but oh it man, just sits there was it was the size of a functional a broom? small broom yeah yeah the size of a like small a child's broom. broom yeah like a kid like yeah like a five-year-old's broom and then you just put it in the corner and when you want to smell cinnamon you just like no you don't not when you want to smell cinnamon you just when it's in your home you smell cinnamon for a couple weeks oh it's delightful trader mm. joe's right around christmas it was so so good in our you, house. You know what I do? What? I have a uh, a calamari broom that I put around. You monster! The smell of calamari you just walks. Monster! <laughs> no. uh, in our home, we we have this problem though. As a previous owner of our home owned dogs, and Ooh. when whenever they had two big dogs, when and we've been in this house for almost five years. Whenever we leave, if we're out of the house for mm-hmm. like six hours, we come back and it smells like the dogs. Yep. Why? I don't know. I, I once, um, I had a car, an old uh, Toyota Camry that I once, um, I dunked it in the drink during a uh, flash floods. I thought I could cross what looked like a shallow puddle. And you know how they say, don't ever cross one of yes. those things that looks like a shallow puddle. <laughs> I did, because, you know, it looks like a shallow puddle. And I went in and, my, you know, flooded like up over my windows, oh like my, my car flood. But I couldn't afford another car. So um, uh, I had that and it dried out. But then in the summer, when the days were a little warm, it smelled like a worm farm. And my, my kids would get in. They would go, I don't want to go into daddy's car. So this was when you were like an adult. Yeah, yeah. This was an With adult children. move of mine. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to not try to drive it just seemed unmanly and then i started flying down you know the stream with like my car spinning and people looking at me and pointing and laughing and i'm like yep i'm that guy you know but uh but anyway for years and years it just if it got to a certain temperature it smelled exactly like you know when you open up the horrid the carton of worms the the bait worms and they've been in the sun for a little too long so my kids would they'd rolled on the windows and hold their nose we gotta go with daddy like, it doesn't smell in here. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, that's also not what we came here to talk about. <laughs> so let's get to our big topics. And then in the second half, maybe we can revisit these things um, because we like to get a little more lighthearted. But oh, we yeah. have serious things to talk about right now. And it's a, a couple of topics that we wanted to touch on. And let's start with a more serious one. Um, because I think this will be of interest to our listeners, because we've talked about this kind of thing before, and I'm going to pose it to you, Dave. Why don't I pose it to you first, and then okay. and I want to do that for you first. I want okay. you to sort of set the, set the tone. Okay. And Fair I think I, I'm sure I predicted the questions you were going to ask, because I think we talked about them in this order. Mike, what is one weird thing, or just something people wouldn't expect that you believe that other people don't? What is one strange thing? I have thing to you narrow believe? it down to one. Just one. I, I'm sure. You know me. You know that I have, I have many, I, I, I don't know, 
offbeat beliefs. I, I don't want to. You're any you're an eccentric in the best the best possible way. I tend to get focused on things that other people don't care about would be one <laughs> thing. But that doesn't mean that my beliefs run counter to theirs. They just haven't thought or right. cared about they haven't form- Maybe they haven't <laughs> formed a belief around it. Exactly, yeah. And this, is not um, the- this isn't like a theological thing or anything like that. No, it no, could no. be, but, but, but it's not necessarily. It's just a belief that you hold. Yes. Well, in this case, I think I can bring one that... It may have even come up on this show, and I think we did kick the can down the road. But I... Uh, unlike many people, have a passionate, passionate dislike of daylight savings time. I loathe this idea. Uh, it's, so you don't believe in it? <laughs> well, I believe it exists. <laughs> I believe we are forced to conform to this idiot idea that somehow we can conserve daylight by forcing everyone to pretend that it's a different time. This is bizarre to me, and I, even though... Now, right before we came to air, I did see a poll that said that most people believe it's unnecessary. A slim majority. So I think it is tipping over where where my unpopular belief is now becoming... I believe in daylight savings. So. What? Because we Why? get more daylight. At the, it's a longer evening. It's nice. You don't get more daylight. Yes. You're forcing people to behave differently based on some insane notion what, what is the purpose of, of daylight savings? What is the benefit of this? I can't speak historically and why they did. I think, you know, we always hear it had something to do with farmers or something like that. Utter rubbish. Okay, well, you can, you can correct me. also, record. it does not save power. It does not make the banks run smooth. I mean, I've heard dozens of things about My what- love, my like of it. Yes. I wouldn't say love. My like of it, my preference for it is, is totally subjective, completely and wholly subjective. Is that I would prefer to sleep a little later in the morning and have my time shift so that I get a little more light at the end of my day. So though we're pretending that it's a later time, it's a very useful fiction for me. And so you like it. And so you want everyone else to live the same fantasy you live, that it is a different time. And you want to force them to conform to your your mere whims, your fancies. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. And Why are you not free to do that without everyone else pretending? Because you are free <laughs> to live your life to wake up, say it's 8 o'clock on Monday, or it's 8 o'clock on Sunday, it's 8 o'clock on Monday, you can, sh- you can go, today's the day, I'm going to sleep in another hour. But the world, then I, my schedule, I want to be synced, you, schedule Well, you sync. should be strong enough to tell the world, hey... I think we should all do this. Well, you know, what's your pro- through your church, through your organization, whatever you want to do. What's your say, problem, hey, Mike? What is really your problem? And and so debunk, de- myth bust, daylight saving time for us, Mike. I think I've already said it. It's just it's to me. It seems absolutely absurd to pretend that it's a different time and force everyone to do that. Well, where I'm did- with Arizona. <laughs> That's a dangerous thing to or, say. Or, hey, why don't we? Or here's another idea. Why don't we just shift it by like ten minutes a week? Make it smoother for everyone. I can hear that. I, I, can, I can certainly hear that. That's absurd, too. Oh. Of course that's absurd. I like the compromise. Uh, but what is... what is? Because it messes... It, it actually... There now is data that it does... Uh, it shakes up people's sleep cycles in an unpleasant way, and in fact, a dangerous way. I, don't, I cannot confirm that this is 100% true, but they do say that it tracks with more depression, more car accidents, more... Uh, Every time the Workplace time shifts. accidents or whatever. Yes, yes. So, so people are being there killed. There is at least some correlation 
the causation, we I don't know that you can. So I favor death for more people, basically, and and greater unhappiness in the world. Just for your little whim of liking to sleep a little more. Um, What what was the reason? Why? Where did it come? Can you do you know the origin story? Can you give us the origin story? I years ago read a book on it. I don't want to say that all the facts stuck in my head. Uh, wasn't the, in the U.S. in Benjamin Franklin. Uh, the idea comes as most bad ideas from Europe at some <sighs> point. Um, from the, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was just a notion that somehow we can, from the top down, we can force people and make change their behavior in ways that will be pleasanter for them and for all society. When it, this one seems to me so trivial and stupid to uh to i don't know it just it it makes zero sense to me because we should be as free individuals free to organize our lives however we want when the uh, days start getting shorter say hey let's have our meeting earlier later whatever you know how about that hey you guys want to switch our work hours sounds good you know these things are easily solvable without this big sledgehammer thing of uh, forcing us to pretend that it's a different time i like the sledgehammer (laughs) <laughs> well, are there other things that you would like to force people to do that uh, conform to your mere whims and fancies? Yeah, I think that you should be able to buy a car on uh, Sundays. You know, the fact that you can't buy a car on Sundays is weird. Or actually, you know what? I take it back. I favor more things having to be closed on Sundays. Yeah. I favor blue laws. That's probably, I'm not going to blow my very, unpopular idea. Very ideas. strict blue laws. Very strict blue laws. I think are actually good. I think they're actually good for everyone. Like, even though it's less quote-unquote freedom uh to do whatever you want Ooh, the scare quotes yeah, around yep, freedom. I, I scare oh quoted it oh my goodness. you know that that it's good for it's good for it's actually better for society to have a day where almost everything is closed all right look but i'm, I'm not that's not my that's unpopular not rant, belief no. right right so let's get so i'm i'm gonna close the we're gonna turn the page on that okay have i made my beliefs clear very clear your <laughs> odious beliefs are are totally clear to me and my passion on this is perhaps I guess that's where it is. It's not that I believe differently from other people. My passion rises higher on this than, so, than most people. And, most and, people are like, I, I don't like it, but whatever. Me, I want to burn down the country when it happens. <laughs> when it, and they kind of changed the the framework around it. Like, we have more daylight savings time yeah, than yeah. we did before. <laughs> so if they can tinker with it like that, like if we haven't got it right, so all that time it was wrong? Think of all the harm they caused during that time when it was wrong what if it was always daylight saving time (laughs) would that because then that would just well that's rather arbitrary isn't it (laughs) i don't know would that would that sate you yeah you know what actually what if we just took uh time just was eliminated i mean the measurement thereof i think we would be living in like a when did when were clocks invented uh, like really, I mean, I know there's sundials and stuff, but you know where your average person like knew what time it was. Oh, the the actual mechanical clock. Yeah, that was like in 17. I want to say like 50s. I think. I think how different life was. Yeah, like it was like, well, it's light, better get up, and yeah, uh, it's dark, better start getting. You know. Yeah, and I'm talking about the widespread use of the mechanical clock. Uh, George, was it George McDonald, the one who made the wooden <laughs> clocks that uh, eventually he won the prize? To have his clocks made on ships. Every ship then had a clock, which solved the problem of longitude. Anyway, yeah. oh, that's, God, a that's... <laughs> that's a different topic. <laughs> uh, all right. 
so that's it. We're we're closing. I gavel that closed. All right. We're gaveling that closed, and we're going to your beef. What is a belief that you have, theological or otherwise, that is not shared by very many people? Like you, it's something that I don't believe in. Um, and it's not that I, I believe in it in l- very limited circumstances. So I don't think it's as big of a thing as other people think about. And it pairs with another belief that I actually do have. So there's a negative side and a positive side to okay. it. And here is my reveal of what this belief is. Yes. I am a gentrification skeptic. I don't believe that it's a very big problem. Um, in fact, I believe the opposite is true. Wait, you don't believe that gentrifying is a problem? Of cities. So I'm speaking yes. of cities. You know, so yeah, yeah. when we think of gentrification, what do we think of? We think of sort of a, what used to be a, you know... A cool, hip place. Well, it, it wasn't cool. It was run down and lots of, you know, it was sort of a lower scale neighborhood, urban, you know, in a city. So think... Brooklyn in the 1980s or, you know, San Francisco in the 70s. Um, Yeah, urban blight, cheap, uh, pretty diverse, lower socioeconomic status. People can live there. And then we think, oh, you know, basically uh, more people move in, upscale people move it in. They make everything ritzy and bourgeois. And now you think of Brooklyn as like a hipster you know, a hipster haven where before you could live there or like the, anything in New York, the East Village, Soho, like, you know. Well, I mean, on a, the, the more public scale, a Times Square. Yeah. Like know, it used to. You know, yeah, yeah. We used now it's Disneyland. And I used to, you know, be able to get right. a go to a peep show and have like a get mugged eight times and, yes. you know, have a hooker spit at me like like yeah. <laughs> all these. I miss those days. And now it's all gentrified. Yeah. And um and and San Francisco's that way, New York is that way. And I think it in those cases, and so when people think of gentrification, they usually think that basically there's a displacement. So things rents rise, you know, people move in and a neighborhood that used to be uh lower scale, you know, maybe more mixed in terms of socioeconomic status and, and racial and ethnic diversity, like it basically becomes more white and more expensive and that displaces Yes. Um, the existing. Yeah, that's the popular, popular notion. That's the popular notion. And but I think, you say, I say, you say bunk them. I say, say bunk them. I just say it doesn't happen that much if you look at the data. And in fact, um, our desire should be for every neighborhood uh, that is bad to get better. Um, because when there's, when, you know, when neighborhoods improve, there's less crime. Usually there's better schools and nicer parks. And like the people who already live in the neighborhood, it's good for them. Uh, when things get nicer around them. And usually uh, there's not a ton of displacement that happens of existing residents. Also, it to me plays on this, it, it plays on much too much of a fixed idea of what a city is. Civi- cities are these dynamic, you know, organisms in a lot of ways and, and systems. And so they're constantly shifting and changing. And the sort of people who cry gentrification most, it's usually people who just want to keep things the same for themselves it's a it's to me reflective of a very insidious nimby attitude not yeah, like in those, my backyard yeah like those daylight savings people it's <laughs> just stuck and they want to keep <laughs> no, things no, 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 no. like they are this stupid system that we have you know what i think it is 
I think you're just a big Cold Stone Creamery fan, and you just want to see those. But, hey, man, those you are wanna, de- fold wanna, my Snickers into it. But, you want to pave paradise and put up a Cold Stone Creamery. And so I think, actually, the real problem is is that when people move in to an area, and then they don't want other people to move into that area, too. And so things like these very restrict that's my positive belief, things that I believe in that, that other people maybe don't. I think that a lot of solutions to one solutions to many of our country's greatest problems, inequality, you know, economic that restrictive zoning laws in our cities are a like a killer when it comes to having more prosperity. And wow. so, yeah. Right. So like in my own neighborhood, it's it's so restrictively zoned that you probably couldn't build like a fourplex in my own neighborhood. And and people go, "Well, we don't want to change the character." Like all these post-war 1950s, you know, small homes like are somehow so valuable and worth saving. That things are so restrictively zoned that we're actually the problem isn't gentrification or gentrification isn't the real problem. The real problem is people, these nimbies, not wanting to build more to allow more people to live in their in their neighborhood that will actually bring the the dynamism and the diversity um and the upper, the opportunity that comes with just having more people move into the neighborhood counter example uh have you been to nashville oh, recently dude, i haven't been there re- I, uh, I was there like five years ago oh my goodness oh. Uh, neighborhoods it is it is comical there I is that that restrictive zoning is not there and uh and so old like brick homes um I, I, I go there a lot. We're there year by year over the last eight years. I'm there many times. And uh, we have seen it's like a reverse earthquake of these homes going up. But they will be in the middle of just these what you would call old charming brick homes. There are these uh, Airbnbs that uh, rent almost exclusively to um, bachelorette parties. So I would just invite you to go down and see that scene before you no, I'm, enthusiastically put your thumbs up. Put a four, why can't I put a fourplex in my neighborhood? It's I'm I'm not arguing for. I'm just saying, take a look at it. That's that's boots on the ground. There, go to uh, I love go to these old neighborhoods in Nashville and see these four story monstrosities next to a small brick home. You know, wedged between them. It's it's very comical. I love it. I love it. So, Mike, I'm a I am a I'm a yimby. Yeah, you you mentioned this phrase a few times. I don't know this phrase. NIMBY is not in my backyard. A YIMBY is oh, not yes in, in my, my back. backyard. Yeah, okay, NIMBY yeah, is yeah. not in my backyard. Like, yeah. well, like I, I want to. In my neighborhood, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of teardowns. Actually, people are tearing down these small post-war 1950s yeah, yeah. homes and building. You know what I would say are, you know, oh, they're too big or they're monstrosities. But my aesthetic preference for like a more modest home should not be determinative of what my neighbors could build. And I think a lot of these big houses they build could actually be duplexes or something like that. Um, and yeah. The, the Nashville equivalent, I think there's signs all over that say, uh, build like you live here. I don't know if that's a, yeah. I don't know if that's an official movement or something down there. But I think that, you know, preserve. that, yeah, if people build in a way that's respectful, but also respects that the cities are living, changing things, that there's a there's probably a happy me- medium somewhere. But just keeping people out is uh is not good so i'm a gentrification skeptic and uh, not just a development booster but i I think it's great controversial stuff i know from the pastor people are probably and people love to cry i mean yeah people really if you say like i don't believe in gentrification it's like what it's like i'm like i'm a i'm probably like a racist or something because i said that you know but i'm not i want more yeah i want more people to live around me that don't look like me i don't well i don't think i can disagree with you on that so I guess I'm one of those people that believes. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I think people should 
you know, build on their own property like that. Well, within reason. Yeah, within, within reason. reason. Always within reason. But that's the that's where where do you draw that line? So. I guess you're going to have to go to a lot of those city council meetings and hash that oh, out with gosh. everyone. You yeah. just described hell. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a little break and then uh, dust off our second question oh. in the second half. This is a, a bit of a switch-up show. I don't even think you knew we were doing that, did mm-hmm. you? I no, I didn't. You surprised around. me. When you told me what we were doing, I was like, um, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's take a break, hear from the pastor, then when we come back. We're going to do our next question. All right, that's like trees walking. All right. Hey friends, you have been hearing the controversial hot takes of me and Michael J. Nelson. And if you enjoy us dropping dropping truth bombs all over your brain, then... I'm sorry, I can't say that with a straight face. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts, rate us, and review us, like it. Um, Please share it. uh, Share this podcast with people who you think would enjoy it. Um, another great thing you could do for us is uh, you could go to liketreeswalkingpod.com. Uh, you can sign up for our email newsletter. There you will get the freshest information on exciting things that we have going on and coming up. You can read our bios. Of course, you can follow us on social media at uh, Michael J. Nelson or at David underscore Berge at um, LTWpod. Uh, that's not a super active account, but hey, you can say that you follow it. So we have a Facebook page, too. You can like, again, not super active, but it is a way that people can and have communicated with us. And, uh, and we like it. So thank you all much. Uh, thank you all so much for your support, um, for listening, for sticking with us uh, uh, in the long haul. It means so much to us. So let's get back to the show. Another controversial question and more fun and games. Hey, welcome back. This is Like Trees Walking. And uh, man, so many truth truth bombs what, dropping what on our skull. I'm blowing or, your synapses and... Oh, hot takes. So many dopamine hits. Oh. <laughs> Love it. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, let's keep it going. Um, the first half was self-explanatory and self-contained. Needs no wrap-up. Um, so let's go to our second dust up question this is where we pick up the things that uh, we sort of little crumbs that we left behind and we want to get to and are important things uh and we say you know, w- that we welcome all perspectives and that you know we are we're christians but that we uh you, you know we welcome all comers and so this i feel like this question is our good faith ever to show show our cards to show that we're not that's not just lip service but we mean it yes so i'm going to ask you first okay Let's reverse that's this very one. fair very fair uh, it's a question you you put to me a while back, and let's pick it up. Who, David, Pastor David Berge, is your favorite atheist? Now that's a great question. I, asked I, I guess so. this question is open ended. You could it could be a a famous atheist, or it could be someone you know. I guess, but uh, I'm going to guess. Well, I'm not. Gonna I guess. D- don't guess. I, I want to hear. Me reveal it. I do let- not know. We we said we wouldn't say. So let me hear. Who is it? And so it, maybe it's cheating in that I'm naming this person who is my favorite atheist, and it's not their atheism that makes them my favorite atheist. But I know that they are not a believer of of any sort of stripe. Um, yeah, the question didn't contain that thing in it. I think you, no. that's, you're fine doing that. Okay, yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah. good. I'm on safe ground. And yes. so I would say my favorite atheist is the uh, the uh, uh, Columbia University of Columbia linguist, and uh, es- he's an essayist and a uh, 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 a commenter, a cultural critic and commenter. The 
inimitable John McHorder. Um, oh, okay. Yes, yeah. if you're familiar with him, I'm. I'm familiar. I've, I'm sure I've read articles by him. I don't know that I knew what I was reading. You know, like I. Yeah. I'm sure I've read him many times. I've yeah. seen the name. He and appears. I'm sure I've read him. He appears in a lot of uh, a lot of publications. He's been on a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, recently I think he did an Intelligence Squared debate. Um, uh, uh, which you may have heard him on if you're a public radio listener and listen to that program. But, but and he's on Don Lemon actually pretty frequently on oh, okay. CNN. Uh, but he is uh, just a very, I think, a very interesting um, and incisive cultural critic. He he says lots of interesting things on matters pertaining to uh, race. That's one of the things that he's very famous for is 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 writing and speaking about race. Yeah. Uh, he also is just a really interesting when he writes and talks about uh, language and the use of, of, of language. And uh, so I would say that as a thinker uh, and, and as just a, as a cultural commenter, I always enjoy listening to what, uh, what uh, Dr. McWhorter uh, has to say. He's also a free, his, he's a frequent guest on this podcast it's called the, the Glenn show. It's Glenn, Glenn Lowry, but when, uh, which is a pretty good show, but when McWhorter's on it, it's sort of, it's sort of much, uh, it's must listen to. He's um, famous or infamous, depending on your perspective. He has a, a sort of a, a ongoing or long running feud. He's very critical of Todd Nahisi uh, Coates, uh, very critical of oh, him and okay. his work. And so, um, uh, and as he's kind of a contrarian, I would say, and as kind of a contrarian myself, uh, I really, in, I really enjoy what he what what he has to say. So, um, yeah. So John McWhorter, he's and, my favorite and I, atheist, and I assume he's not doing the uh, Ricky Gervais thing. The no, atheism oh, is gosh, not no. defining him. No, no, no. Former I'd, comedian Ricky no, Gervais. I would say he, where he falls most flat is when he tries to compare things to religion. So he'll talk about the way that we talk about race, as he's saying, you know, that when these people are commenting on these matters, they're not speaking as rational people. They're they're speaking of ah. it as a religion. And on the Glenn show, that's where Glenn will push back and say, like, well, you're you're caricaturing religion as sort of fideism, you know, that it's this kind of blind belief or whatever and and so re- religion as a comparative where it's always a it's a pejorative it's a negative comparison not saying like there are some aspects of this like yeah as a right. sort of a neutral description describing a phenomenon but as something like that's fideistic you know just faith blind faith yeah. not rationalistic at all like not rational at all that to me is that's where he loses me like it's it's a caricature of what religion is because yes the the relationship between faith and reason is you know has a centuries you know millennia of of commentary and and thoughtful you know thoughtful theological discussion around that so i think that john is just not he he's not as plugged into that conversation in a world that doesn't interest him and so he just uses uh he uses religion as a as a foil as a pejorative description sure. um to, to when he's saying like yeah these people talking about race it's like a re- it's a religion i can't reason with them that's why they're so mad and i'm like you're 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 miss you're missing it you're, yeah. you're missing it hmm. but otherwise an interesting chap <laughs> very interesting chap always worth uh, always worth listening to and reading all right uh shall i unveil mine please uh all right Mine's a bit of a trick, I admit. A very famous atheist. Yeah. Uh, I'd say one of the most famous outside of... Uh, who's the mathematician? The, the, uh, uh, I believe he wrote the book, um, why, uh, like, Why I Don't Have Faith. Is it Bertrand Russell? Bertrand Russell. He's yeah, the yeah, most yeah. famous. Yeah, who are the... If we were running down our famous atheist list, it'd be like Bertrand Russell. He's kind of a classic famous He's one. He's the old school, yeah. the, the, the British, you know, British old school atheist. Yeah, not like the new school, Brit- like Richard yeah. Dawkins or Sam Harris. Sam Harris. 
uh, uh, De- Daniel Dennant. De- yeah. Uh, the aggressive, the in your face. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes. Uh, Bill Nye the sign. I feel like Bill, he, not that he ever says that he's an atheist that I've heard Bill Nye say, but just that kind of obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. So, no, my favorite is probably the second most famous uh, of the sort of twentieth early 20th century atheists. Uh, he died in two, 2010, uh, pretty old when he died. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Flew. Anthony Flew is my favorite atheist. Um, however. <laughs> what, why is, the, how is this cheating, Mike? The, the cheating is Anthony Flew, toward the end of his life, after considering it for many years, adopted some form of theism. Is that what why makes him your favorite? That's why he's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite atheist. Um, but yeah, a very interesting guy. I believe he was part of uh, what was C.S. Lewis's uh, debate um, club the, uh, that he was part of. I believe Flu was at some of those. It wasn't, as we're a, not as talking a, about like the Inklings. Not the we, Inklings. He had a, a formal, I don't know, so like a Socratic society or something they would do meet once a month and do debate and whatnot and, and debut white papers on philosophy and, and you know, have, have a rousing good conversation. And I believe Flew was at least involved uh, on the periphery of that back when he was a youth. Ah. So, uh, but yeah, in 2007, he wrote a book, There Is a God, How the World's Most Notorious Atheist Changed His Mind. And so it's a very interesting story. He cites two people who I don't really have here. One was like a Jewish uh, philosopher and cosmologist uh, who he cites as giving him one of the best arguments. And uh, let me just, I'll sum up his, I have an article by him here. I'll sum up his, uh, the one thing that he says. Uh, There were two factors in particular that were decisive. One was my growing empathy with the insight of Einstein and other scientists that there had to be intelligence behind the integrated complexity of the physical universe. The second was my own insight that the integrated complexity of life itself can be only explained in terms of an intelligent source. So that was kind of his... Uh, that was his thing. And he was very critical of Dawkins in The God Delusion. He said he just did a really poor job of... He wanted to be on board at that time when that was published. I think he was still citing himself as an atheist. But uh, but he eventually changed his mind. And I think there was one Jewish philosopher and one Christian philosopher that he cited as... Just over the years, they would talk friendly. That kind of atheism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Like, no, no, you silly man, this is what I believe. And then they would just, you know, it was very congenial, and he finally was like, all right, I'm going to allow for the possibility. You've convinced me. But he never got too full. He didn't get to Christianity or anything. He said he believed in sort of a Socratic god. Right, you know, the, so, god, yeah. the god of the philosophers or yes, whatever. exactly. Uh, d- the first sort of first cause or unmoved mover. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Did he... Uh, Although he did say in the form of a person. Okay. So he did believe in... a personal God in some sense, but he, he hedged his bets pretty strongly on everything. <laughs> but still, I think it's a, a funny thing. I didn't read the book. I should pick that up and we can do he a didn't review take of that. Pascal up on his, uh, his wage. <laughs> Maybe, like, I don't know. Why not? Maybe that but, was part of it. Um, did, uh, d- how did, well, do you know anything about how was this received when he changed his mind? I mean, he was old, probably oh, old. A- apostasy of this sort cannot be tolerated. <laughs> I believe he was mocked and everything, but I think, you know, it's that thing. Once you get to a certain age, you know how actors or whatever finally get to speak their mind when yeah. they're old and they're yeah. like, I've made all my money. I always find that stage of life sort of amusing. <laughs> and maybe he was just to that point, like, who cares? You know, I'm, 
scholastically and everything. I, my reputation, I don't care anymore. I'm the 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 I've heard this. I won't use the. This is a family podcast, but we like when people get really rich, they say. Like, I have fu money. Yes, exactly. You know, like I can just like <laughs> I don't I don't need approval. I don't need to work again. So yeah, I, there's I just two, say what I want. two people who come to mind. Um, uh, Robert Duvall. I, th- I think he just like fully retired now. Yeah. But I heard him in interviews like right before he retired. He'd be they'd ask him some inane question about where do you come up with your ideas for the characters? Like, what kind of a question is that? What, what do you mean? I don't know. It's just like. Stupid. This is a stupid question. The other was, uh, so he just would brook zero nonsense from everyone. He wasn't being, he was sort of charming in that way. But uh, the other was Jack Palance. Do you remember him? Famously Jack did. Jack Palance, of course. I believe it or not. I, um, I loved him in City Slickers 2, the search, uh, the quest or search he for was, Curly's he, goal. He was Curly, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Then Curly died, but he, had a, he happened to have an identical twin brother. He did a one-arm push-up, and he read the wrong name at the Oscars. That's what most people oh, really? remember him for. <laughs> but no, I saw him on, the, on a chat show once, on a uh, talk show, and he, uh, he was doing, <laughs> this is way back, uh, Tango and Cash he was in. You remember oh, yeah, this that, is like I, Stallone <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And uh, what's his name? Kurt Russell. And he was on The Tonight Show, and he goes like, you know that Kurt Russell? He's an okay kid, but Stallone, I can't stand this guy. What? A, and then they're like bleeping out his stuff. <laughs> he obviously had a few beers and just wanted to speak his mind. So anyway, I like that stage of life, and I can't wait to get to when it myself. We, you know, when you get there, we'll be, oh, I can't wait <laughs> it's either. It's going to be a better podcast I can't when wait that happens, yeah. Uh, so there it is. We have Anthony Flew and John, John McWhorter. And uh, and for our uh, uh, what do we call them? Unusual beliefs, unpopular beliefs, uh, something strange, you know, somewhat of an somewhat eccentric, odd, maybe a yes. thing that you believe, and it's not just the belief itself, because you know maybe some large percentage of people hold it, but the intensity with which you hold that yes. belief. Too. Death to daylight savings time for me and for you. Yes, in my backyard. You, if you ask my wife, like I am. Endlessly, like going on rants about like what well, was the number one ability thing anywhere, and like I see you're getting an early head start on being the cranky guy who speaks his mind. Oh, I have a strong curmudgeon streak. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have our uh, after midnight podcast sometimes. Just bleeps <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be back again with another like trees walking. We'll take on probably limit it to one serious topic next time. Yeah. But uh, we just had those things to clear up for you. Hope you enjoyed. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Any last words, David? Good night, and good luck.